Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Let's do this. Thank you for hanging out on the Danny Parkin Show. Radio.com Sports, CBS Sports Radio, Sirius 206, coming to you live from the great city of Chicago where I host Afternoons on 670 The Score. More specifically, we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. You can interact with the network at CBS Sports Radio on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Danny Parkins. You can call us at 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. Ryan Hickey is our executive producer. We will discuss extending running backs or not. Hall of Fame game, by the way. Week from Thursday. We almost made it to fake football, which is exciting, and then it's not. Preseason football and training camp among the biggest teases that we have in sports. We will discuss some of the Open Championship and what makes athletes marketable and allows them to separate from the field and get out of the Tiger Tiger Woods shadow. And we might get into the viewing experience that we have as sports fans in 2019 because it's better than it's ever been. But I want to begin, and I'm willing to spend as much time on this as we have. We've got four hours. I find it to be fascinating. I find it to be important. And I'm curious how you all feel on this because I will admit on the front end This is maybe not the best trait for a sports talk radio host, a national opinionist, as I am, but I am not firmly in one corner on this. My opinion on the issue that I would like to discuss tonight is malleable. I am able to be moved. I am able to be convinced. I will tell you how I'm feeling today. But it's a lean, and it's evolved over the years of covering the National Football League, which is my favorite sport and my favorite league, even though the league often can't get out of its own way. I just think it's got the best viewing product. And people say, what's your favorite event in sports? And I will say, an NFL Sunday. Give it to me over the Super Bowl. Give it to me over a playoff game. Like I love 11 games at noon central, six bets, a survivor pick, two fantasy teams, parlays, and the whole thing. To me, it's the greatest. But what I want to discuss today is whether or not the NFL should be in the business of suspending players for off-field conduct. Because there is, to say there is no consistency is being kind. I want to discuss the Tyreek Hill case, but then we will extrapolate it out because let's use the Tyreek Hill case and we'll call that the micro 
That's the micro issue. The macro issue is whether the NFL is equipped to even be in the business of this at all. Based on precedent of the NFL, I don't get how Tyreek Hill wasn't suspended. Now, I also think it's important on the front end of this to offer the caveat that the NFL knows more about this than we do. There is a minor involved, so there are privacy restraints that journalists cannot uncover with regards to the Tyreek Hill situation. And then the NFL did an eight and a half hour meeting with Tyreek Hill. They spent months investigating this. There is a child services case ongoing in Kansas City. Like there are mechanisms at play here that sports radio host and sports fan, we don't have all the information. So we are left to give our opinion based on the information that is available, which is a lot, but I think we just, it's important to note we don't have all of the information. It's possible that Roger Goodell ruled that Tyreek Hill should not be suspended because of a specific piece of evidence that is overwhelming that is not available to the public. That is possible. But based on what we know and based on precedent, I don't get how Tyreek Hill wasn't suspended. Here are the facts that we know. We know that Tyreek Hill came into the NFL on probation for pleading guilty to an incident with Crystal Espinal while she was eight weeks pregnant with their son, the same son who ended up with a broken arm that is the focus of the child uh, case that's going on in Kansas City. There was a police report in 2014 that discussed in vivid detail the visible physical injuries to Crystal Espinal. And we know that Tyreek Hill that Tyreek Hill pled guilty, but then in the audio recording that has been released uh, recently that the NFL had, Tyreek Hill says that she lied on him about the 2014 incident, and he denied it to a degree, even though in the past he had admitted to mistakes and again had pled guilty, but people plead guilty to things in this country all the time because of bad legal advice, good legal advice, financial means to move on, the fear of extreme punishment. Like a guilty plea does not necessarily mean you did it, but you did plead guilty. And there is the police report with the visible injuries. And in the past, you've said that you made mistakes in reference to that incident. And then there's the audio recording where Tyreek Hill, who has the history with this woman and this child, and the child has the broken arm, says, you should be terrified of me too, B-word. And there is precedent. The NFL suspended Jimmy Smith of the Ravens four games for threatening language because in the personal conduct policy, it says actual or threatened physical violence. Tyreek Hill's lawyer said of that line in the recording that it was obviously unacceptable. So then the NFL comes down and says that that line alone wasn't worthy of punishment. I don't get that. That is odd to me. 
it doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. You've suspended someone for language before who had no prior history with violence against their partner in Jimmy Smith. Tyreek Hill has among the worst types of violent history that you can, domestic violence by strangulation that he pled guilty to and there's a police report, makes threatening language, child has a broken arm. The DA says, we believe a crime has been committed. We just don't have enough evidence to say by who. And Tyreek Hill doesn't get suspended. I don't get it. I don't understand, and I don't think that that type of language should be excused like I've seen many Chiefs fans on social media do. So that's the micro. Based on what we know, while admitting we don't know everything, I personally am surprised Tyreek Hill wasn't suspended. That is issue one. Issue two is, is the NFL equipped to do this well? Because ever since Roger Goodell in 2007 put in the personal conduct policy, we've been all over the map on this one. Like I said, there is no consistency. Whether you want to talk about Chris Henry or Greg Hardy or Ray Rice or Pac-Man Jones or Ezekiel Elliott or Josh Brown or Tyreek Hill or Kareem Hunt or on and on and on and on, they're all different. And then when you bring in substance abuse to it, failed drug tests, things of that nature, whole different ballgame. Martavis Bryant, Josh Gordon, Sean Smith. There are dozens, if not hundreds of examples of those types of incidents. They are a little bit more clear cut in terms of one game for this, four games for this, eight games for this, year long ban for that. But then consistency was thrown out the window with that because Josh Gordon isn't banned. Martavis Bryan isn't banned. You can appeal. You can have it reduced. There can be an arbitrator. Like, it's very, very convoluted and very, very confusing. Greg Hardy, if you'll remember, who I watched last night maintain his undefeated UFC record. He's a burgeoning star in the UFC because, of course, he is. In the height of post-Ray Rice NFL... When Roger Goodell was being seen as too soft on domestic violence, even though they had a six-game domestic violence policy, he suspended Greg Hardy for 10 games. And then on appeal with the arbitration, it got reduced down to four. But Greg Hardy only got 18 months probation by the justice system. And incidents of domestic violence, if you know anything about them, and many sports fans and sports media members know way too much about it because there have been so many incidents of it. The criminal justice system doesn't do great with this because of a myriad of factors. Oftentimes, the victim in domestic violence cases is scared to testify, and it's a he said, she said situation, or they don't... um, report the incident while there still is physical evidence to link the perpetrator to a crime. And some studies show that a victim will is likely on average 
to be the victim of domestic violence seven times before they're willing and able to admit that there's a problem and leave. There is a psychological component to it. There is a shame component to it. It's confusing, it's complicated, and it's very, very tough for the criminal justice system to deal adequately with domestic violence. So why in the world do we think Roger Goodell's NFL is going to be able to do it? So that's the macro. Based on precedent, I think they got it wrong with Tyreek Hill based on what we know while acknowledging we don't know everything. On the macro, when you zoom out and look at the inconsistencies of all of this, the headlines of all of this, how ugly it is, how much it takes attention away from the field and the product and that the NFL is a business, I will posit this to you at 855-212-4227. Would it be better for the NFL to treat this kind of like a state's rights issue? Each team is a privately owned business. And if the Minnesota Vikings want to suspend Adrian Peterson for two games and then public backlash could be so great that he ends up getting put on the exempt list for a year, they can do that. And if the 49ers want to say, we're not suspending Ray McDonald, and then public pressure comes on the 49ers really hard and say, oh, you're being light on this, and the 49ers don't do anything, they can make that choice as well. That each team will have to make decisions on its discipline of its employees, and then if there's an appeal, the league office can get in with hopefully a neutral arbitrator to see whether or not between the players union and the team, if a team has been unfair in their punishment, would that be better? Would it be cleaner? Would it be easier for us to understand that? Hey, the vast majority of our jobs, if we're not arrested and charged, they pretty much stay out of it. Right, The vast majority of our jobs, we have the ability to, if we're not arrested and charged, and we're able to show up for work, we don't get punished. And I'm not saying that's going to make you feel good morally, but there's enough moral conflict in football that, man, add this to the list. You're watching players shorten their life expectation for your enjoyment. Like there's enough moral quandaries. They got to be pumped full of pain kill, uh, painkillers and all of these things just to be able to perform on a Thursday night game when they played Sunday the week before. Like, there's moral issues all over the place in the entertainment of football, boxing, UFC. We watch it all. We love it all. Add this to the list. 855-212-4227. Given that the NFL can't seem to figure out how to do this with any degree of consistency. And let's be honest, Josh Brown, Tyreek Hill, Ezekiel Elliott, Ray Rice, Greg Hardy, all issues of violence, most against a woman, but not all the same, not all the same amount of evidence. They aren't all the same. It shouldn't just be cookie cutter, right? I think most of us can agree with that and understand that there are 
differentiating circumstances and history should matter and evidence should matter and due process should matter and whether or not there is a criminal justice charge should matter. So it's complicated. So what do you do when you're not equipped to deal with something that in many ways the criminal justice system does a bad job with? I don't have a clean answer here, but I know that every one of these cases that I follow, I get more and more confused by what the NFL is trying to accomplish with this stuff. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Should the NFL at a league level be in the business of suspending players for off-field issues, or should it be left to the teams to deal with as an employer-employee issue? 855-212-4CBS. We hear from you on an admittedly complicated issue next. This is the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Thank you for hanging out with the Danny Parkin Show, where our toll-free line is 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. With the inconsistencies continuing in Roger Goodell's NFL for suspending players for off-field issues, I'm wondering if they can't figure it out how to uniform their suspensions and their punishment so that it is dealt with with some degree of consistency, should this be something that is taken out of their hands and left to the teams? That doesn't mean that there wouldn't be discipline. It would be basically 32 teams making decisions in an employer-employee situation and If a team had an egregious situation on its hands where they didn't punish a player in any way, shape, or form, trusting the system to come in and say, wait, this is ridiculous, just like the NFL did with Ray Rice and Roger Goodell, and the fans and the league and the media would put that pressure on that team, and the team would ultimately come out towards making a more adequate decision, like the example I used last segment with the Vikings and Adrian Peterson and their initial suspension being so lenient. Jim Heath tweets in, Danny, the South argued for states' rights to keep slavery around. It's a weak argument when it comes to abuse. Of course the NFL should be involved. Players are public figures and sign a morals clause in their contract, just like you and me in our media contracts. Again, I'm not saying there shouldn't be any discipline. I'm saying it should come on a team level, and we just saw an example with the NFL having a personal conduct policy that includes threatened violence for a player who previously had pled guilty to violence against a woman in the form of strangulation, by the way, where there was a police report that documented physical injuries and physical evidence on Crystal Espinal, who he still is involved with, and their child had a broken arm. How that happened, we don't know. But a legal figure in Kansas City believed who did the investigation that a crime was committed, just not enough to press charges. All of those facts, the moral clause... Tyreek Hill, public figure, all the things Jim talks about, 
no suspension. So there's no punishment now. Like I, I personally think what's happening is that Roger Goodell linked all of the off-field stories of 2017 to part of the dip in ratings, and he is quietly walking it back and saying, unless it's overwhelming, I'm not taking the best players off of the field on Sundays. I'm not making Cowboys fans and fantasy football fans watch Cowboys games without Ezekiel Elliott unless I absolutely have to. I'm not making Chiefs fans and fantasy football fans watch Chiefs games without Tyreek Hill unless I absolutely have to. But now, because there isn't any pressure on the teams to issue punishment, the Chiefs can just say, we stand by the NFL's ruling. So there's no pressure on the Chiefs to suspend Tyreek Hill. There's no pressure on the Cowboys to privately punish Ezekiel Elliott because the NFL doesn't punish either of them, so they get to play. So I actually think on a localized level, there would be more pressure on the teams if it was actually up to them. So I'd be with Jim's argument if I actually thought the NFL was going to follow through on this stuff because why isn't Tyreek Hill being suspended then? It doesn't... It doesn't seem to make any sense. And again, there is absolutely no consistency. If there was, like frankly, in Major League Baseball, this wouldn't be an issue. 855-212-4CBS. Let's squeeze in a quick call before an update. Dave in Cleveland is on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Dave? What's up, Danny? I love listening to you two on every Sunday night. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. I would just, I, I think that the teams, the teams themselves being able to judge wouldn't, I don't think that would be a great idea because let's say, for example, teams in a deep run, if we're looking for hunt, looking for the Super Bowl and something happens, so rather, and there's no convincing evidence, it would be enough where you would think there'd be suspension, but there's no real convincing evidence. So rather than suspend the player, the team will say there's no convincing evidence rather than suspend the player and destroy their Super Bowl hopes. So how is that? Like, how is that different than what's happening right now, though? No, that's also happening. So I, it's also happening, but on a different level. So I don't think that the teams or the league would be the would be the best solution. I think, if anything, they should make a separate. On the NFL has the resources to do this. That's not the issue. Just make a separate unbiased committee in charge of with with no bias towards anything, and they're in charge of dealing with suspensions. Or yep. players of it's for domestic violence. Yeah, there is an and there is an independent arbiter that's set up. And Dave, I appreciate the call. That would be great in a vacuum, but you're like you're like they're on a path to a Super Bowl thing. It already takes so long. I remember being in Kansas City covering the Chiefs. Dwayne Bow got arrested flying back into the uh, private plane airport in downtown Kansas City. Got arrested uh, with weed. It was in a bag in his car with his wallet. Um, all-time move. He asked the cop who pulled him over if Sonic was still open. Yes, Dwayne. Yes, it is. Sonic's always open. Um, I think you might be high. Uh, All-time story. That happened in the bye week before the Chiefs played the Broncos. I want to say week nine. Dwayne Bowe didn't serve his suspension until week one of the following season. Like, Nothing about player discipline in the NFL as currently constructed makes any sense or has any degree of consistency to it. So 
it makes you ask the question of if this is the right way to go about it. And so far, I'm not saying I have the perfect solution. I'm just saying this isn't it. There's there's nothing that Roger Goodell has done to suggest that he has a grasp on this and is operating in any sort of altruistic way. He's arguing he at the beginning he put it in because he wanted to impose discipline because he thought players getting arrested would be bad for business and he thought oh well we'll be tough on crime. And then he went too far and there were too many off-field issues, and he was seen as too incompetent as that, and he went too hard on crime, and that was bad for business. So now it seems like he's throttling back. He can't find any degree of consistency or uniformity to address this problem. We'll keep hearing your feedback on how the NFL should handle this. We've got an NFL, a former NFL agent who will weigh in in 30 minutes, and Therese Paler, who has covered the Tyree Kill case from start to finish, will join us in 90 minutes with plenty of time for you to interact. Uh, coming up. This is the Danny Parkins Show. And I appreciate you listening. My name is Danny Parkins. This is CBS Sports Radio. Joel Corey, former NFL agent, current NFL analyst, CBS Sports, will weigh in not only on whether or not it's in the NFL's best interest to be in the suspension business for off-field issues, but how do you approach a holdout with a running back? Should running backs be paid? How will a Tyree Kill contract extension work? Joel Corey gives insight that most members of the media don't have. He negotiated big-time NFL contracts. He was Keenan McCardell's agent who went through a lengthy holdout, so we'll have a long conversation with Joel Corey coming up in 20 minutes. But given the inconsistencies of the NFL and given that no two cases are exactly the same, it doesn't necessarily feel right for there to be a uniform policy, a one size fits all, right? Because I think most of us can agree that Kareem Hunt's case is very different than Tyree Kill's case, which is different from Ray Rice's case, which was different from Greg Hardy's case. So Major League Baseball having a uniform policy for Domestic violence, 80 games, also doesn't feel right because there are degrees of this stuff in terms of prior history, number of incidents, severity of incidents, was there a charge, all sorts of things. But the NFL's way of no consistency whatsoever also doesn't feel right. So as of now, I lean towards take it out of Roger Goodell's hands Put it on the individual teams in an employer-employee situation. And since the players are still protected by their union, there's a right to an appeal. And if, a, if the union doesn't feel like a player is being appropriately dealt with in terms of discipline, they can appeal to a neutral independent arbiter. It feels to me like Roger Goodell should be out of the punishment business. Because he doesn't seem to be able to do it. Because what's happening now honestly feels worse. Because a lot of people are coming at me on Twitter, at Danny Parkins, and they're saying something to the effect of, hey, the league's got to be disciplining these players because the behavior has the potential to be abhorrent. And if you don't, that'll look bad. I would argue that this looks worse. And what Roger Goodell's doing now is basically saying, man, all your outrage is fake. Your outrage is over your team and the jersey that you bought and your fantasy team and your gambling and 
not being able to watch your favorite player. So unless I've got you absolutely like you, unless you've got me pinned up against the wall and you know, and I, you, I can't, there's no way for me to escape this. If there's any doubt now, it looks like he's going back the other way. No punishment for Zeke, no punishment for Tyree kill. It's, it's confusing. It's, it's, it's hard to rationalize why he's doing that. If for any other reason than he thinks it's good for business. And I'm a bleeding heart. I'd like to think that the business aspect shouldn't factor in here, that this should be an issue of right or wrong, but come on. I'm not an idiot. I can be a realist on these sort of things. Roger Goodell has to protect the 31 owners in the National Football League. That's his job. And if they think that they went too far with player discipline 2016-2017 and that contributed to ratings stalling and going down, then he's going to go back the other way. He's like the the windsurfer, whichever way the wind goes. If the wind blows in the direction of being tough on crime, Roger Goodell gets suspension happy. If the wind blows the other way and says, eh, this feels draconian, feels like you've gone too far, he eases off. He doesn't have conviction of moral character on this sort of thing because there's no consistency. How could he? And frankly, he's not equipped to. Like, It's not even all his fault. The NFL doesn't have subpoena power. This stuff is complicated. How can we expect them to conduct an investigation as thorough as the criminal justice system? We can't. They're in a really, really tough spot, and it feels like it should be more of a local issue than a national issue. 855-212-4CBS. Let's go to our nation's capital. Esley? Esley? You're on CBS Sports Radio. Esley. Esley, how are you doing? How are you doing, Danny? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for calling. Uh, I'm fine. Hey, um... I don't know what the – I'm like you. I'm not sure what the answer is, but I don't think the NFL team would do the right thing. Remember the Giants had – I can't think of his name. The Giants had a kicker. The Josh Giants, Brown. Josh Brown. And, you know, the team itself kept it under wraps for a very long time until the wife finally came out. So the team yep. knew about it. The team knew about it, but they did nothing about it. The Ravens also tried to mislead around some of the issues that they knew about with regards to Ray Rice. No, I, again, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I don't, I'm not at all saying that this is going to be a, uh, that this solution is better. It just feels, it feels cleaner for an employer to deal with an employee directly as opposed to someone at the league office when if, if if I believed that the NFL in the league office had the capacity to do this well, I'd be fine with it being in their hands. But we've got 12 years of evidence since the personal conduct policy was put in place in 2007 where they don't. So I personally am at the point where this feels like it can't be worse. Maybe it'll be better. But... um if if you give it if, if you give it to the team, it's still gonna be the same way. I think if each team has just like like just like you mentioned in baseball, if there's some consistency with, with a team and I'm there are different levels. Domestic domestic violence, let's just say for example, eight games. Now, 
if you're a first, and that's a first offender. If you're a second offender, then, I mean, you have a chart of what you need to do. Yeah, I, again, I, Ashley, I th- thank you for the call. That would be great. But they have one. <laughs> like, it was two games. Then they're like, you know, it's kind of messed up that you can smoke pot and get four and you can hit your wife and get two. Okay, so let's make it six. So they had one. And then Josh Brown got suspended one game. So they, that's the thing with the NFL. What they're trying to do, and it's because they rolled it out so poorly at the beginning, in my opinion, but what they're trying to do is say, okay, Ray Rice, whew, that was bad. We saw him punch his fiance in the face. We've got the visual evidence. We got the video. That suspension was X. Well, then with um, Jimmy Smith, it's menacing comments. It's verbal. So, well, that should be less because it's not physical, but it's still bad. But then he got four games. And so it's like, okay, well, if the verbal's four games, well, surely then that Greg Hardy, who uh, was alleged to have hit uh, hit the woman and threw her down on a couch or a bed with a bunch of machine guns on it, well, that's way worse than uh, just the verbal side. So he should get 10 games. But it's like, well, the policy was only six. So then they tried to go too far with Greg Hardy. So then that suspension got chopped all the way down to four on appeal. So now Greg Hardy got the same number of games as Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith made verbal threats. Greg Hardy hit a woman and threw her down on a bed of machine guns. So that's the problem is that the NFL is trying to do this on a scale where they're like, this is the worst form. This is the second worst form. This is bad, but it's not nearly as bad as these other things. And they're trying to sliding scale it as opposed to, hey, the policy is six games. If you, um, if it's a one-time thing, it's six games. If it's repeated, it's six games. If there's a child involved, it's six games. If it's verbal, it's six games. Like That would be easier and cleaner but they've had that in place for years, years, and they haven't enforced it. So I don't know what you do with that. If you want to just say, hey, this is a black and white issue, it's, it's binary, right? You either did something wrong under our domestic violence policy if you, or you didn't. If you did something wrong, it's six games. If you didn't, it's zero games. And it doesn't matter how bad it was, it's six games. That would be better than this because it would at least be more consistent, but it still wouldn't feel right. It still wouldn't feel right that Jimmy Smith and Greg Hardy got the same suspension. But what's happening now is nothing's changed. Again, Tyreek Hill got zero games. And I, I covered the Chiefs for five and a half years living and working in Kansas City. I got a lot of Chiefs fans who follow me on social media. It's disturbing how many of them are like, all he did was say some words to her. And it's not all he did. Because there was a belief that a crime was committed against the child who was in his home. He has pled guilty in the past to being violent against this same woman. Even if he now denies that he did it he has apologized for it in the past there was a police report that she had bruises and all that violence uh done to her by someone like there's a history here there's a precedent and he still gets zero games so i just 
I'm trying to figure it out. And because there's a child involved and because the NFL wants this to get out of the news cycle quickly, they don't put any information out there about this sort of thing. And it's just, it's murky and it's odd. And it leads the cynic in me to think Roger Goodell just wants Tyree Kill and Ezekiel Elliott playing football. Because the more star players that play, the more of us watch. And that ain't great. Like That doesn't make you feel good on a moral level. And that's where I am today. A conflicted football fan who notices hypocrisy, notices inconsistency, notices a problem, and admits that I don't have a perfect solution, but thinks taking it out of the league's hands is the better way to go about it. That's where I come out right now. Because if you could give me a better solution than that, I'd be all for it. But they right now have domestic violence, six games. Multiple drug tests, you know, year ban. First time's a game, second's four, whatever it is. Like They have it. It's all written out. But then they don't actually enforce it because then they take individual circumstances into account each and every time and then they don't it's not transparent and so it leaves all of us just being like what the hell's going on here and then of course we're all sheep and we just start watching again on Sundays Joel Corey has been in negotiations with suspended players holdout players how does he deal with all this what should the league do should the NFL get out of the punishment business and how are these running back holdouts going to work Joel Corey former NFL agent joins us next Danny Parkin show CBS Sports Radio You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details Hyundai There's joy in every journey 